now from Grid Square Echo Mike 48. This is 100 watts and a wire. Oh, show enough. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, or good, everybody. Good n- overnight. People are listening to this. Don't even know when, but it's morning <laughs> for us here in the heartland. 10 o'clock central time. This is 100 watts and a wire, our flagship show. This started off as an audio podcast back in 2015 and back in September 2020. You remember that. I know everybody's trying to forget about that year <laughs> and people are trying to uh, subtract that year off their life. They're like, I'm not counting that year. I'm not changing a year older. No, nope. uh, but we started doing the video side. So you can now see the show that becomes the podcast. And I know that may not be exciting for most, but it's very exciting for us to uh, share this time with you. Good morning to you, Steve. Whiskey morning, Christian. Delta India is with us. And if you uh, are coming over from the pre-show, we do a pre-show meet and greet every Saturday too. Nine o'clock, all topics. I'm telling you, from Betty White to ham radio to ham sticks to someone who named a antenna after me called the uh-huh. Cud Stick. The Cud Stick. It yeah, should that. be Cud Nick. Cud <laughs> Cud would be better than Cud. We had to explain what a Cud is, but you know, anything goes over there, and we uh, like to catch up with old friends and talk to uh, new friends as well. If you're new to the channel, welcome. Uh, Poke around the playlist. We've got questions and answers. We've got uh, the uh, episodes are there. After you subscribe, click the notification bell. let you know when we do our streams, our nets, all this. What's going on with you? We've got three degrees and snow. Does that sound familiar to you? degrees here in Washington or central Washington and snow. Since we did the uh, pre-show, got another quarter inch uh, outside. So it's it's snowing right now. Yeah, we've got an interesting show today. And we're going to talk to Scott W9JU. And he wrote an article in CQ Magazine. I'll share that in just a little bit and we'll, we'll go into it. But it basically, you know, planning your first amateur radio exercise or event. And I thought to myself, wow, I don't know if I'll ever be in that boat. I'm trying to get myself to support these efforts a little bit more, right? And we, we figure every now and again, we'll go to the boat, the bike race, uh, marathon or something like that. Or maybe we're participating in some emergency communication type of drill or activity. But mm-hmm. what does it take to really put these things together? I don't know exactly. that we think about yeah. that as much. Yeah, most of us just show up and here we are, let's do our thing. But, you know, you don't know what uh, what kind of planning went on in the background and what the planning the, that the folks that do that and the time and effort to, to organize all that. So, And you know we're the ones that go, hey, um, it says here to meet at Tent B. Um, mm-hmm. I can't find Tent B. And then guys like Scott have to be the ones that like, that see that tent right there with the big b on it yep <laughs> that's it you're over there buddy we set that up just for you and you step into tent right. b and the floor opens and shoop, down you go but yeah I, I thought that would be interesting to kind of see mm-hmm. what's all involved in putting these things together so we'll talk to um scott here in just a few minutes what's new with you you made it through the week these weeks seem to be like new year is like all of a sudden full force into crazy oh yeah it's just going crazy. It just absolutely uh, 
you know, <laughs> kind of thought, well, maybe we'll be kind of slow and nope, it started off with a bang and here we go. We're, you know, you know, starting out of the gate running. Usually it's uh, this time of year we're catching up on, uh, you know, preventative maintenance and a few other odds and ends, but nope, not this year. So it's been kind of a crazy week at work again. And yeah, then, uh, a little hectic in the uh, in the fire service, uh, especially yesterday. So, it's yeah, been, the uh, people here are you know like where you are. You had an, you described the eighteen wheeler who um, accidentally hit one of the uh, water mains or something like that. And- uh, they had a a close encounter with a hydrant. Oh, the, uh, because the truck has more lug nuts, it won, and uh, the hydrant uh, spilled its contents onto the roadway and it was 21 degrees so take it from there and it filled up the parking lot of a nearby hotel uh, motel so it uh before the water department finally came out and uh, got the hydrant uh, shut down so it was one of those things it's one of those things and somebody will need help somebody will need help how do i do this what i do but in (laughs) here we got a little bit of we're in that really soft sawdusty type of snow mm-hmm. that doesn't melt together. It doesn't make a snowball. It's just, you go, you could blow it. We've got about two inches of that constantly on the ground and a little bit of, we'll get a little rain and it'll come with it. So it's, and the people out here in the Midwest, bless their hearts. They, they really mean well, they just aim the car. This is just <laughs> go that way. And you're like, wow. And you guys go first. That's kind of my whole thing with the, the traffic out here. It's a little different from when I lived on the East coast, but, all good people, but they're just like that. Mm. So we're getting we're getting then there was, Yeah, and then there was a huge uh, pileup down in uh, the Dallas Fort I Worth saw area. A story about yeah. that? Yeah, horrible. The black ice and wow, that was pretty horrific. And we lost uh, six uh, lives on that one as of this morning. So I'm going to pop this article up here, and we'll get into talking uh, with Scott here in just a second. If I can do it, if I think I can do it. I want to show you what this looks like, but if you can go back and I like the digital thing, it's one of the benefits of having a sustaining membership here with us is that you can get to the back issues of CQ magazine. And so uh, what I was doing, I was just putting through and, you know, I'm kind of like an MCOM guy. I'm uh, interested in these stories. And I do that for uh, amateur radio newsline. And, uh, I I found this story and here's the guy who wrote it. It's Scott. He's W nine J U. Thanks for putting that story together. I think it's, it's really important for hams to kind of know what it takes uh, to do this. So uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Let's, let's get into it. It was several pages and, uh, and I enjoyed reading it because there's considerations that we may not be thinking about. Have you done a ton of these? Um, you know, talk about your experience with putting these together. Well, I don't know if I've really done a ton of these, but I've done, uh, you know, the major one I do is the Patriot exercise, which is a huge, huge military exercise in Southwestern Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's held at two military bases. Fort McCoy is a army training base and Volk field is a national guard air force, uh, training facility. They're about 25 miles apart, but those are the, that's the major event that I do. But some of the smaller ones are, you know, your typical marathons and triathlons and uh, other events too. But uh, 
they kind of pale in comparison as far as planning goes, but they still require their own a bit of planning as well. When you're putting an article together, this is a feature. I, I don't think it's an article. I think this is a big feature and it's several different pages. An, either an editor comes to you or you pitch the idea. Talk about your approach uh, to explaining what this is about. Uh, as far as for, I, I did pitch it to CQ Magazine. I did last year when I had a spe specific article just on the Patriot exercise. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, people probably aren't really that well versed on preparing for events in which they need radio communications. So I thought, well, I'll try and put something together. So I offered, they accepted. So I put it together and actually I kind of thought, geez, this is getting kind of long. I don't know if they're <laughs> going to want something this long, but uh, you know, I had more to say and you know, I, I'm sure more will come in the future too, but uh, I hope I didn't, get too wordy with it too or too no too it's no it's not a criticism at all i think that's a feature it's several pages where do we we start for those of us who didn't read it um and i did but tell me tell me where did you want to start what were the points that you wanted to get across well i think the first thing you have to do if you are going to be the communications leader or planning this an event is you need to really talk to what the organizers want I mean, if you just come there to do your own thing, you, you know, you're just not going to succeed because you got to find out what they want, find out what the locale is going to be, you know, what the length is, those types of things. In particular, for a major event, it's going to be long beforehand. You have to iron these things out. You don't just do it the day before the event. So getting with the organizers is the probably the most paramount thing you can do to find out exactly what they want. And it also is a two-way street kind of offer tell them what ham radio can do and, and the various aspects that you could try or might work for them and what they need. So what's a typical planning session look like? Say, okay, you're the guy who's going to be doing it, Scott, you'll be handling this side of it. What do those meetings look like when you're sitting in a room or you're in a conference call or something like that? What, what, what do you hear? Well, for a, a small event, I'll give you an example of one up in northern Wisconsin. It was on a frozen lake and it was held by the Chamber of Commerce. So really, it just took a couple of phone calls with the Chamber of Commerce to find out what they wanted and when and where. So that was rather simplistic. For Patriot North, that's another thing altogether. There are three planning meetings prior to the event, and they are each a week long. They're held at Volk Field, and all the military and uh, – Civil Air Patrol and uh, Team Rubicon, anybody who's going to have a, an impact in that exercise comes to these planning meetings. And it's not so much that they, they are delineating exactly what's going to happen at this point. It's really meant as a networking session. So you get to talk to the other people that you're going to be involved with, see what you need. For example, in the past, we've provided radio communications with Team Rubicon. Well, that's my opportunity to converse with those individuals and find out what they need and for how long or which days. And it's, it's a big networking opportunity. And I, uh, you know, I really can't stress that enough as, you know, you get some face to face time rather than just dealing with emails or talking with somebody over the phone. Scott, how do you get picked? You know, how, how does like team Rubicon or, or whoever is putting these together, how do they come and pick amateur radio operators or a group? What do you need to have to qualify? Well, how do we get picked? 
Well, ironically, the way we got started with Patriot was actually just the Salvation Army uh, was asked by the military to support the exercise with food and hydration around to the various uh, places where they're doing uh, activities during the exercise. And then we thought it would be beneficial to get the Saturn, which is part of uh, the Salvation Army, involved to provide them communications for, for that effort. Well, word of mouth gets around. Team Rubicon saw what we were doing, and they asked a couple of years ago if uh, we could provide communications for them. So we've done that. And ironically, last year, or not, this would have been 2019 now, um, when I showed our communications plan to the military, they kind of, in jest, I hope, was asking if we could be their backup. I think my, the blood kind of just drained from my face, you know, because I was no way prepared to be able to be backup radio communications for the military. I just flat out didn't have the manpower to do that. But it was, I took that as a compliment, you know, because I think he was pretty impressed with what we had put together. So I, I don't think we go out actively soliciting to help people, I think they just hear what we do by word of mouth, and then they contact us. Talk a little bit about leadership. You wrote about leadership and supervision. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, I've In my working life, I've been a supervisor and a manager at various times, and I uh, distinctly know there's a difference between the, between. Uh, leading people and supervising people. Supervising, I guess, in an easy way to put it, would be where you're doing the, the disciplinary aspect of things, you know, where you're pretty much telling people this is what you need to do, or if they're not doing it, you have, there has to be some repercussions. With leading people, you essentially have to, well, you have to have the respect of them, and they have to recognize you as the authority of what they're going to be doing and that they need to follow you in order to get the job done right. Some people always think they know better, but uh, uh, it, it's really important that you get all the arrows pointed in the right direction in these field exercises. You, you're just gonna run amok if you have everybody going in different directions. And that's, that's leadership, when you can get people to follow you and they willingly follow you without having the supervisory hammer over their heads, so to speak. Let's talk about what kind of training is needed. Say I wanted to join Scott's team. I'd, uh, I want to call Mr. Scott up and I'd like to help him in this task. What kind of training are you looking for from me? Well, if it's a local event, like a, a race or of some sort, you know, there's probably not a whole lot of training involved other than having your ham radio license and having your own equipment to bring along. Uh, it certainly helps if you're going to be in the net control where you're going to be the information in, information out position, it certainly helps if you've had experience doing that. And it's that's usually nothing you can really study for or read about. You just have to do it and practice it. And there's various nets, you know, all over the place uh, uh, every week and every day for that matter. As far as for training for being part of Saturn, that's a whole different uh thing there you have to get qualified and have an ID badge and there's a series of things you have to do you for you have to have uh, some courses some of us online some of it's in person you have to have a background check done 
uh, you have to um, take a course called Safe from Harm. It, it deals with, you know, respecting other people and uh, regardless of walk of life. And as far as radio goes, uh, each Saturn member is expected to have uh, their own equipment for VHF and UHF, you know, the two meter and uh, 70 centimeter bands. When it gets into HF, then typically uh, the Salvation Army can arrange for that in some way. Either it can be from an individual member bring it, or the Salvation Army also has some of their own equipment that can be brought in to be used by Saturn. Can you talk a little bit about documentation during out during an event? Like, how important is it to keep to document what has happened, and all those sorts of things throughout an event? Uh, I do. I don't know if everybody else does, but regardless if I'm just uh, in a field position or checkpoint, I keep a notebook and anything I see that's either good or bad, I just write it down. And then at the end of the event, I will put together a synopsis of everything and provide feedback to one, the race organizers, and another to whoever was may have been the communications leader at that point if it wasn't uh, me. And other documentation we'll have, and for example, in a race, uh, it may be tracking runners or participants or depending on what it is, bicycling, whatever. And it may be whatever the race organizers want. They maybe just want to know who the leaders are. Or they maybe want to know everybody, everybody's bib number when they go through. Or they may just want to know, uh, in addition to the leaders, is if anybody has dropped out or whoever the t tail gunner is, whoever's in the last uh, they probably want to know that so they know when the race is coming to a conclusion. Uh, net control typically keeps a log of everything that's going on, every radio communication he has. And that can be pretty cumbersome at times if there's a lot of radio traffic going on. But uh, that's part of what I talk about in the article as well. You might have to have two people in that position. We're talking about a, an article in CQ Magazine from October of 2020 and worth checking out i think uh, scott really lays it out there in a detailed way last question do you debrief after do you debrief with the team or the organizers let's say you have an injury somewhere how do you handle those so i know this is kind of a two-parter here but do you debrief and talk about some of the incidents if there were any we do uh, for the local type events, we'll usually just meet at a restaurant or something afterwards and just uh, talk about it, or we'll all meet at net control because typically we'll need some help breaking down the antennas and the, and the radios, and we'll talk about it then. At Patriot, what I would do was each night I'd meet with all my Saturn radio communicators in the evening and find, okay, what went well for them, what went poorly for them, what do we need to change for the next day? I did that each night including the final. Um, the, the, the Salvation Army has their own protocol for a debrief, ironically, which I think is pretty interesting, is you have to be uh, have a private interview with a member of their uh, chaplaincy. Because let's face it, if you've been involved in a real emergency responding to a hurricane or a tornado, you've maybe seen some things that it may be a little unsettling. And so they want to make sure that, you know, you weren't overly affected by that. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, after the events, when I get home, I'll send out a, an email to uh, the group that was providing radio communications asking for specific uh, 
feedback from each one of them. And one thing that's important too is when you're doing the, the feedback or asking for feedback in person is you ask each peer person individually. I find if you just kind of throw it out to the group, uh, you might get one or two vocal people and a couple of people just say, uh, stay silent. So I point blank ask every person individually to make sure they get their voice heard. That's a good tip. Thanks so much for uh, joining me, Scott. I appreciate that. Uh, Whiskey Nine Juliet United. I hope you stay warm there. Maybe come back. You can teach us some more stuff. I'm, it's such a, a thick topic here. And I really encourage people to go to the CQ magazine and read uh, his article from October. If you got the digital stuff, I like that. I can go back and, and go back. And people like to hold paper too. So whatever you do, go back and uh, check it out. But thanks for coming, Scott. I appreciate you. I'll be in touch. Well, uh, you can come teach us something new. You're like, you're, th you're welcome. Thanks for having me here. All right. Take care. 7-3. The ICOM 705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers, but it's in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilo or just over 2 pounds. With RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. It's got that large 4.3 inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall. And the perfect accessory for the IC705 is the optional backpack. It's the LC192. It has a special compartment for the IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on all ICOM radios. Well, there you have it, friends. Now, this is the portion of the program where I gather with my news friends, the news junkies. My uh, colleagues from Amateur Radio Newsline are joining me here today. There she is, Karen, KD2GUT, and Paul, WD9GCO. I, I stumble over your call all the time. How That's all right, Christine. Um, anyway, I wanted to I, take just, him out of here, Karen. I hope you're ready to do this by yourself. He, uh, you, didn't, you didn't catch him calling me that Christine. That's just rude. Christine, that was a very evil automobile. I learned I, I learned that from Will Banks. I I assumed he knew. Oh, Don um, gets all the blame. Yeah. I just real quick, I want to explain my uh, first off, this weekend is Orlando Hamcation. Um, my wife and I were actually planning to go. Well, she wasn't necessarily excited about the ham fest, but we were going to stay the week afterwards and nice. go to Disney to see the new Galaxy's Edge thing. So I've got that in the background. I'm wearing my florida tropical shirt and i'm wearing i'm wearing my collins collectors association hat just to tie it all in for the weekend that i'm not doing but i am doing a number of the online webinars this weekend so cool well karen thank goodness he's not going <coughs> swimming off the southern tip of chile in his speedo we don't want to see that. There was nobody, something nobody wants to see that no no the, the human eye will not handle that I, we, we may have to uh, gouge our eyes out after such a scene. Uh, see how it comes back to you, Paul? You mm -hmm. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with her at all. Oh, okay. Okay. We deal with this all the time. We we deal with his his uh, odd wardrobe all the time. We we won't go any further. Right. 
Well, everyone knows the format. Uh, my friends from Amateur Radio Newsline, my colleagues from Amateur Radio Newsline, bring two stories each week that we uh, either should be paying attention to or may have missed. And we'll start off with Karen. What did you find this week? Well, I'm really happy to be following Scott on this because this actually nicely segues to our uh, story. This young guy behind me is a ninth grader in California, uh, Sean Donnellan. Uh, KM6, November, Germany, November. And he's one of uh, many winners of the Congressional App Challenge, which is a prestigious uh, challenge uh, members of Congress uh, host have hosted for about six years now. And it encourages kids to develop apps. Uh, it encourages uh, STEM learning, involvement in STEM. And uh, this year, or I should say last year, this is for the 2020 event, most of the kids, not surprisingly, did apps uh, having to do with COVID. Hmm. This guy, true to his call sign, did an amateur radio app. And uh, Scott, I hope you're still watching. Um, it's called NetHam, the public service coordinator's third hand. Hey, who among us doesn't want another appendage, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, this is a fabulous way of keeping tabs on everybody in the field, what they're doing, the check-ins, where they are, what they're seeing. Um, Scott had mentioned that sometimes this is a very cumbersome activity. And what this guy has done is streamlined the bookkeeping and the responsibilities. Now remember, he's in ninth grade. How many public service events could he have done compared to some of the old timers out there? But he put it all together in this app using a uh, Arduino, a Raspberry Pi and um, a touch screen and submitted it and was in his district in California. Uh, Congressman Mark DeSonnier, uh and a panel of judges decided he would be chosen as this year's winner for that district. So what's going to happen is the apps are eventually going to be on the House website, uh, the, uh, and they'll be on display at the Capitol. And in April, there will be, well, in this case, a virtual science fair where all of the winners around the country, including Sean, will be able to demonstrate and discuss their apps. Wow, it's amazing. What was that app called again? It's called NetHam, the Public Service Coordinator's Third Hand. It sounds very robust and very adaptable to just about anything that you're going to be doing. Um, and what, if you, what a contribution he made. If you go to the Amateur Radio Newsline website and read the, <laughs> the written script for this week's report, there's a link to a video where he demonstrates what this does and how it works. And it, it I remember what I was doing when I was in his age. And that makes me feel sad for myself. Um, he brilliant kid. Um, it, he just wrote this software to do a specific thing and it works really well. Well, to your, um, to your point, we thought eating a box of crayons was a good thing to do at his age. It was. <clears throat> it was. I, I really liked the burnt umber myself. I was partial to that. When nice. they started changing the names, the flavors did seem oh, please, I know. a little Ruined spicy. It. I like the organic. Yeah. A uh, good for him. That's amazing. And we'll yeah. check out that uh, check out that app again. Net Ham. Net, Net Ham. Ham. The public service coordinator's third hand. Fabulous app. 
Yeah, he's he he built a whole system like Karen said with a raspberry and it shows with a Raspberry Pi and an Arduino and a and a, a local like a hotspot hat and then a touch screen and wrote all the software to run it and it it automates a lot of the stuff during an emergency net and lets the net controller concentrate on other things than just checking people in and out. It's really really That's cool. cool. That's yep. really cool. Paul, story number two, what'd you bring? Well, story number two is a little bit of a controversy. Um, the league announced that for one more time for this year, because uh, we're still in the COVID thing. I mean, it looks like it's starting to ramp down a little, but um, they're once again allowing work from home uh, operations for field day, uh, if you choose. And uh, there is a, a set of rules and, and limitations for what you can do. So if, you know, if you still don't feel comfortable going out in a group and, uh, and doing the field day in the field or with a club or whatever, you can still work to a certain degree from home. Um, and and I've, I've seen a lot of arguments on both sides and I've seen this, you know, a lot of people seem really upset by it, but uh, to me, it just, it's just, the league um, is is just adapting to the current situation, and it's not like they said we're going to do this forever. And uh, you know, and, and my argument to a lot of people who are saying, "Oh, it's just becoming another contest," it's like you don't have to stay home if there's a group by you that is doing a thing in person, and you feel comfortable with doing it. Go do it. Nobody is stopping you from taking your radio and an antenna in a car and driving out to a field somewhere and setting up and doing it in true field day fashion. It just gives those who feel that they would be at risk another chance to participate and be part of it and stay safe. So I have no problem with it. What do you think, Karen? Oh, I have no problem with it either. I think this is reality. You have to you have to deal with it. If this change hadn't been made, hams would have been complaining that they were being excluded. And I think this is a, a nice, inclusive way to get everybody into it. I miss being with my club. I do the overnight. I usually show up at nine or 10, drink massive amounts of coffee, become thoroughly jazzed up and obnoxious and get on the air and just bang, 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 get the QSOs. And I love it. I just love it. And boy, do I miss that. I can't do that at home. I'll be, I'll be killed. I'll be killed if I try that at home. So uh, I just appreciate that. Yeah, this is reality. And you want to stay in the game. You're just going to have to bend a little bit. This is not forever. Please let it not be forever. Maybe next year we'll be back to whatever normal is so right and they're not really and they're not excluding people who want to go out in the field it's not like they're saying you have to stay home so i i don't to me the ones that are complaining seem to be the ones who like to complain so i think this is a good thing and like i said it doesn't if you want to go out in the field and do it feel free nobody's stopping you so well thank you both for bringing those two important stories here you are welcome today and uh we'll Encourage you to put your comments down below or drop us a line. Let us know what you're thinking. This is a two-way communication here, so we would love to hear what you're thinking as well. My thanks to Karen, KD2GUT, and Paul, WD9GCO. 73, guys. We'll see you again. Thanks, Christian. Take care. Let's take a minute to talk about what I feel is the most beneficial deal in ham radio today. It's when you become a sustaining member of 100 watts and a wire. 
Here's how it works. When you donate $25 or more, you will become a sustaining member for a year. And during that year, you get discounts from participating businesses. It's a win-win-win. The show gets your support. You get the discounts, a little more money in your pocket for your next project, and those businesses can earn your trust. Visit 100wattsandawire.com, click the Sustaining Membership tab to learn how you can support the content you enjoy. And thanks. And welcome back. It's Christian K0STH, Steve joining us, W7UDI. Boy, so much is all <laughs> so fast as it moves oh, yeah. fast. You've got interesting folks around you and mm-hmm. news and important information to share. So what was happening in your world as you were going? I- oh, we we're just kind of going around back, you know, who has what snow and the weather. And, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to send some down to Ricardo down there in Florida. And then uh, so we're trying to box it up and uh, we got plenty to share. So uh, got lots of snow everywhere. Any thoughts on the, that young man who put together the uh, NetHam story? I don't know if you caught that, but he's got the app now to help emergency uh, Oh, that is great. That controls. is so cool. And uh, that's our future right there in the hobby. And, uh, and utilizing the apps to help us uh, in, you know, do our hobby here. So I think it's great. Yeah, we need to get him on the show. That's what yes. we need to do. And the other story uh, about the ARRL uh, seemingly doing their best to, you know, uh, help out for field day. What do you think? I think it should stay in it's uh, even after uh, the COVID because then uh, because there's people that just can't make it out to uh, to field days, uh, but they can still participate. And I still think it's a, you know, a great idea. And the, the more we can get people to get involved, whichever way it is, the better. Uh, I know the whole purpose is to, you know, get out and set up portable, but, you know, not everyone can do that. So, and yeah, they can operate as one echo, but, you know, they want to be part of their, their, um, their local club. And, uh, you know, for some reason, sometimes you just can't uh, make it to a field day for some unexpected reason. And here's just a great way to even participate. So uh, I, I think it should stay, but you know, who am I? I think it's so hard too, because, um, you know, if you work with any, any sort of place that has people come to visit museums or any sort Mm -hmm. of institution like that, I mean, the city really determines at what capacity you can kind of reopen and they have to approve your plans. So we have to remember there's some juggling of things and there's some unknown factors to this sort of deal right. that may be, you know, a geographical issue depending on where you are. So, you know, I think they're doing their best on this one to keep people engaged. And what are you going to do? That's exactly. I, I mean, there's we just got to be flexible. Roll with it. What do you think about Mr. Scott, our guest who came and wrote that, uh, oh, that beautiful was article? That's, I mean, that was a great article. And uh, thank you, Scott, for being here. It's, uh, wow. I could have just listened a little bit longer. He had a lot to say. And uh, and there's just a lot involved in there. So Yeah. I mean, just the hierarchy sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, of understanding that and what your role is. And, and by the time you mix in that structure with people's egos and confusion, I mean, it's, it's a real challenge to take this on. And my understanding is these folks aren't getting paid. They're volunteers who exactly. have kind of done it. They're giving of their time and to manage these people. 
So the supervising he, and leadership thing was important in that article too. Exactly. And then he brought up something that uh, really, I haven't thought of it. It's, uh, it's normal for in my involvement in the fire service is the debriefing. And uh, when we have a, you know, an incident that we need to sit down and debrief over it. And uh, you know, we've had a few of those that I've had to sit in. And uh, so yeah, it's bringing our uh, comms people. I mean, we've had our dispatch folks uh, come in on some of our uh, debriefings and uh, critical stress management uh, debriefings. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that's an important role, too. So I'm glad uh, he brought that up. Yeah, it's thick and heavy. Um, mm -hmm. And MCOM is a, it's interesting. I think like local Aries, like I didn't know, you know, I thought to myself, well, I'll get involved because I like HF. I like to build antennas. I can uh, check some NVIS type of stuff and maybe report back my findings. And, you know, these tend to be pretty political things and navigating these, you know, it, and it's another topic on its own and maybe we'll tackle mm -hmm. it. But I support, I'm a member of Aries. I'm kind of in as best I can be. But, you know, sometimes the politics of these things are just... You know, where are the agreements? Who are the agreements with? Who can do what? What are we supposed to do? Are we ever going to get called out? Is this a waste right. of time? Are we, you know, so it's, and I'm sure that changes by wherever you are too and what your leadership structure looks like. So it's kind of complicated, man. So taking yeah. the reins on a, on a special event or, or some kind of event in the support capacity just seems like uh, it's a special person. <laughs> I'm like, nope, you go ahead. You go ahead, Mr. Scott. We'll figure it out. Scott knows. Scott knows yep. where tent B is. Uh, exactly. <laughs> that says tent B, but I'm not sure. We better ask. We ask Scott. Exactly. So, yeah. And then there's, you know, it, unfortunately, in, in this day and age, everything is political or gets political. And it's just ridiculous at times. And it shouldn't be. But that's the unfortunate uh, role that happens uh, these days and it's just disheartening because it can take something that's a good and really just kind of ruin it but uh and get people disheartened but uh it, it's tough as it is and then you know trying to you know kind of weed through that minefield and keeping the interest up because uh if we, you know, we train, we train, we train, but if we don't get to use our skills, then the interest goes away and it's just a, a vicious cycle. So, yeah. And so many stuff. different shades of this hobby or things that we appreciate my stuff, you know, I've mentioned on the show is I like studying the backup to the backbone, which mm -hmm. is, you know, HF and simplex communication and, you know, how, how many beds do they have in Kansas or can I get to Oklahoma and these surrounding States? What's happening in Illinois and, you know, with HF study and, and, you know, some people look at you like, ah, oh, dude, I mean, we can do stuff over Windlink and I, what do you, what do you, so yeah. here I am, I'm out here. I'm like, well, if you're interested, I'll be out in the field with my uh, antenna at 25 feet. I'll let you know who I, well, but sometimes you're not even engaged in, well, what did you find? How many people did you work? You know, so it's, yeah. it's and a then, balance, man. With the and then we have, you know, and it's just the, <laughs> the elephant in the room. It's the comments from the cheap seats, the people that are not involved and then just, you know, complaining. We got to, you know, we have a lot in our hobby here that uh, like to complain for the sake of complaining and, uh, and then taking cheap shots. And uh, 
Uh, and that gets, you know, a little discouraging at times, but you know, you got to get thicken up on the skin a little bit and just and guess kinda... what? Those aren't the people who are trying to help the exactly. leaders do the work. They're exactly. the ones that want to come to the party. They want to hang out. They want to sit in a chair, have some yeah. drink and hang out, but work and organizing. And, and look, at, look at me. I'm look here. At me. I'm at the party. I'm cool. I'm behind yeah. the desk. I'm at the tent. And then complaining, oh, the coffee's cold or it doesn't taste yeah. right. It's not Starbucks or this yeah, or that. It's, it's or like, it's oh. Folgers. Well, who, who brought the Folgers? You know <laughs> I don't like the Folgers. Who brought the instant <laughs> coffee? I want, I demand. Is I this demand. decaf? <laughs> clunk, 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 clunk. no you won't give me decaf so, so yeah it is so it's tough. a lot of people it goes back to the league conversation about it's mm -hmm. really really hard and to appease is probably not the right word but to satisfy all yeah. parties involved because you're not and we talked about it on the pre-show a little bit you know ask five what was it uh ask uh five hams for their opinion on one topic and you get and you'll you get know, 15 15 different varieties of, you know, mm -hmm. you know, look at, let's, let's take Hamvention, all the complaining that goes on there. And these folks that the volunteers and the people that put that together, I mean, it's, it doesn't satisfy everybody's needs, but I mean, come on, just enjoy for what it is. And, and, uh, and just, you know, thank the people that put it on. And it's the same thing with all these events and uh, whether it's a, you, the local ham fest or, or an event uh, like, you know, a bike a thon or, or a marathon or whatever, just thank the people that put the time and effort to put it together. And, uh, and if you got, and if you got some criticism, make it constructive. Don't just sit there and moan and groan about it and this and that. And, and if you don't like the coffee, then why don't you go down to Starbucks and bring the Starbucks yeah. coffee? Because everybody yeah, will be, be happier. Just be my part father of the used solution. To say, oh, my father. It was a great opportunity. Thank you all for giving me the opportunity to think about my father and what he would say. When I was a young guy and mm -hmm. he had a small heating and air conditioning company, he would send me out with one of his guys, T-Bone. He called him T-Bone, right? T. So, And he would say, you know, if... If he's standing around with his hands in his pockets, put him on the bus stop and send him home, you know, and he'd say things to me like, don't stand around with your hands in your pockets, put, pick something up and work with it. You know what I mean? He, he was always like, so it got, kind of comes full circle to me. Like, if you're going to complain about something, you know, pick something up and do something, try to exactly. help out anyway. We're just ranting now, Steve. <laughs> but uh, coming up, we're going to uh, give away $100, $100 that you can spend at the main, tra uh, main trading company in Texas, mm -hmm. Paris, Texas. They got all kind of stuff there. 100 bucks To qualify, put your call sign in the chat now. You've got to be here to qualify for the drawing that happens um, in between. Next week, we'll announce the winner. We'll announce the winner of last week's coming up in just a little bit plus the spirit of radio that's on the other side we're going to take a little break here come back and meet somebody who picked up their father's call sign so we're passing around all the goodies the good stuff and the feel good after the rant see how this works now we we're going to water it down with good vibes so we'll uh we'll take care of that neck i probably will pop you down a little bit to keep order and and the uh chat and bring you back up here in, in a little bit so uh, stand by, guys. We'll, uh, we'll come back in a second. We'll meet Stephen, and he'll tell us all about his, uh, 
the call sign that he has today and who it used to belong to. We'll do that next. Team, a couple of times each year we like to get out in the field, exercise our minds, our bodies, and our equipment with a 100 watts and wire tune-up or the fallout. It's two opportunities to go portable if you can. We make contacts, we share our 100-watt IDs, and you can win prizes for participating. Visit 100wattsandawire.com and click Operating Events to learn more about how you can get out and get on the air. Now back to the show. Yes, indeedy. We started this last week, the spirit of radio, talking about some of the good. We hear a lot of bad, and you just heard Steve and I kind of going on about, you know, kind of stop complaining now. You know, pick something up and work with it. If you want to make it better, everybody's volunteering. So maybe you uh, do something and help out. But the other side of that is uh, sharing these really good stories about the, the, the brighter side, the better side of ham radio. And joining me today, Stephen, look at this guy with his ICOM hat, Whiskey Alpha 2, Papa, Quebec, Echo. Good morning to you, brother. How are you holding up? I'm doing well. Thanks, Christian. Can you hear me okay? I hear you. You sound great, man. Look at your shack. you got your switchers there. Oh, yeah. I got, I got a mess here. Lots of wires, lots of cables. Uh, I'd be worried if you didn't have a mess in yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, you you agreed to come on and, and share your story about your call sign. Last week we heard from a guy who uh, was able to figure out his grandfather was a ham. He learned this sort of impassing from his mom. His mom was like, oh, yeah, my dad was a ham. For this period, they went back, found his call sign, and now he has it. You have a, a similar story, or at least the story of, of picking up your dad's call sign. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, uh, from the time I was little, uh, Whiskey Alpha 2, Papa Quebec Echo, I've heard a million times. You know, my dad had a ham shack downstairs, and, and uh, um, he was just talking all over the world. He had QSO cards from everywhere. And uh, uh, back in, the, I, I think you had spoken about uh, John and my brother Kevin uh, years ago, uh, you know, talking on CB, and I was on CB. And we, I know that might be a bad word, but uh, that's how we got started. And um, back in the early 70s, when my brother Kevin and John got licensed, uh, the, the tech was a, I forget what the, the was back in the 70s it called. It was called something different. But they took their code, and um, there were just too many girls at that time for me to, uh, to, to worry about code. Um, my my dad uh, was avid. Uh, he was a pretty interesting guy. You know, he went in the navy at the end of the close to the end of the war and worked on the Corsairs, the F4U radios. Went to work for uh, Dumont Studios and then ABC. And spent thirty nine years with ABC doing uh, mostly sports. Traveled the world, and uh, so uh, me not having a license. Uh, but John and Kevin having licenses, John got in touch with me. You know, we went back and forth. We grew up together since we were little kids and uh, kind of coerced me into getting my license, you know. So I was back in Minnesota at the time, and my call sign was KD0SQR when I got my license years ago. And that, that call sign, just the, you know, WA2PQE just stuck in my head and, 
And I'm like, I got to have that call sign. I got to have that call sign. So I started to research it, and somebody in South Carolina had it, but it was inactive. And so I waited, and I would constantly check with uh, the FCC to see if it was available. And when it came available, I jumped on it. And, and because family, uh, it's pretty much, uh, you know, vanity sign. I wound up with it, and I absolutely love it. You know, it's a New York call sign. I'm out here in Tillamook, Oregon. So it uh, kind of confuses people sometimes uh, with uh, when you're on the net or something like that. So um, that's how I got it. And, uh, you know, my dad was uh, basically to me an electronics genius. So he, what stuck in most, he had a Howcrafters uh, um, SX-28 tank radio, you know, with these big dials. When I was a little kid, it had these big dials and, and meters, three big meters across the top. And, uh, man, I used to love to just listen to that. You know, he built his own uh, transmitter from scratch, not a kit. You know, he uh, got some plans somewhere and sat down and built the chassis and everything else. And one whole wall in his ham shack, probably eight feet by eight feet, was bins of tubes. Just every kind of tube you can imagine. He had a tube tester. He had... Uh, an oscilloscope, an old ICO oscilloscope. Um, it was like uh, just just an amazing uh, uh, thing watching him work it. And then he had his little jewelry thing. He used to make uh, silver jewelry too. So he was a he was a handy guy. You know, he actually uh, he won five Emmy awards with ABC. And what work did he do with the network? Um, he did camera, and then he went to videotape. And then he wound up um, traveling the country uh, here and there every time they came out with a new um, machine. Uh, his hands, I can remember his hands being calloused. And that was, the, the reels on the old videotape machines were, you know, two inches thick and the reels were probably 18 inches. And before anything came out, uh, as far as slow motion and instant replay, uh, I had a stopwatch I gave it to one of my sons. They would say, okay, play that again, you know, on a football. And he would spin the wheel back and stop it with his hand, time it, and then he'd bring it forward. And that was the beginning of slow motion. And uh, then they came out with a machine called Arvin Echo. These big discs, they look like CD discs, but they're heavy metal. Um, you got one hanging on the wall in the house. And, and one of his Emmys, each of the kids, there's five of us, each of us got one of his Emmys. He, but he was a humble guy. He never talked about it. He never told anybody he had Emmys. It was always us bragging about it, you know. Um, when we were, uh, like when the space shuttle, not the space shuttles, uh, actually back in Gemini and, and all of that, he would get these, um, it was like a mimeograph from uh, the uh, teletype services. And we would bring them into school, you know, and be the first ones to, show the pictures from the capsule and that kind of stuff. It was a, he was quite a guy. So I'm very, very proud to have his call sign, you know, and uh, carry the message. He also had a second call sign of Kate, uh, Whiskey Alpha, Whiskey Alpha 2, uh, uh, Crazy Zany Mama, KZ, <laughs> yeah, CZN. Was it easy enough to, to, Go through the FCC. I've never had to do that. Just my just my normal call sign that I was issued. Is it a difficult process or a long waiting process to 
apply for the call sign? Uh, no, not really. Um, when it became available, like I said, I was avidly checking with the FCC to see uh, when it was going to expire for that fellow. He had another call sign, and this one was kind of a call sign before his new call sign. And uh, when it came available, I just there's a whole application online with the FCC, and I filed for it, and I think it was probably three weeks, and uh, I wound up with it. So what did you think when another ham had your father's call sign, that in-between time? What did you think? Oh, God, I was jealous. It was like, there's my dad's call sign, and he's not even using it. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of envious, I guess is a good word. And, uh, Which is good, though, that he wasn't using it, because if he was, that would have made you probably sick a little bit to think. Um, yeah, that kind of is weird that when we kind of move on and what's going to happen... Mm-hmm. You know, and the calls and the and the logging and all that stuff. So I'm I'm glad for you that it was just sort of parked and inactive. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that the story uh, from last week uh, just kind of rekindled things. You know, now I'm now I'm searching for a uh, uh, an old Halicrafters tank radio to add to my stuff, just to have it. I don't, you know, I don't care if it works, but if I get it, I'll probably want it to work. It, it was just a, a receiver; it wasn't a transmitter. So, uh, yeah, so, that's my goal. What did your What did your brother think and uh, your friend John uh, when you get when you finally did get his call back? Well, um, John was really jazzed. Uh, I think Kevin, my brother, was probably a little envious, but he's. Mm-hmm. I think he's uh, trying to get the my dad's second call sign, the uh, 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 WA to uh, CZN. So we'll see. Kevin just moved, so he's down in Florida, and he's uh, got. A, he just built a house, so they're putting a pool in, so he can't put his antenna up yet. So, gotcha. Yeah. Now, I, I I mentioned before, anytime my any any time my father comes up and it sparks right. something in my mind, I usually thank the person mm-hmm. who le- who gotcha. let me think of my father. Like, thank you for bringing him up, or thank you for letting me think of him or remember him. Do you get that feeling? when you're on the air with his call sign, I mean, does that, what does that call sign uh, mean to you beyond the fact that you just have it? Uh, it, it means quite a bit. You know, I, um, I was involved with the 12 days of Christmas for the couple of years. Uh, I didn't do it this past year, but the first two years I, I did that with uh, Sally and Lou. And uh, it's interesting because it, it, most of it was out of New York, you know, so there were all the uh, K2, Side, but their call signs were all New York call signs or Connecticut, that area. And I'm out here, and like I said, on the coast. And people think when they're when I'm calling, you know, uh, calling for the the net uh, that uh, I'm back there. And they're like, "What do you mean you're in in, in Oregon? Like, yeah. you know, that's where I'm located." So, but uh, I, I'm proud of it. I, I think it was a. It, it kind of pushed me a little further. You know, I was listening to Scott. I'm, I'm heavily involved with uh, uh, emergency communications for the county here uh, with search and rescue. And, and uh, when they push that red button, I get called into the group where there's every aspect uh, with, uh, you know, fire. And, uh, you know, we just had those fires out here and I got well, search and rescue got called out to. And so I wound up setting up uh, our emergency uh, or SAR trailers for communications because we we actually where I live there's only a, a, 
about an eighth of a mile up the road, and we got a level three evac twice. So uh, it, it was, uh, it's it's just good. Uh, it kind of prompts me, I think. I think the more I uh, know about ham radio and the logistics of it and, and how we communicate, um, it's just kind of, I think I make my dad proud. You know, I, I think that's a, important. I, I know my mom used to say, wow, you're down there talking to all those women all over the world. <laughs> He's like, really? <laughs> you know, back in the 50s and 60s, and there was very few women on ham radio at that time. So I don't know what she was talking about. Not too much has changed, right? Unfortunately, no. I wish we no. had more. I think we will. I, I think that with the push, uh, you know, uh, for just on, the, on like on Last Man Standing and stuff, that um, I think that's kind of generated a kind of a buzz with the, the ham radio community and people being interested in, you know, what, what are they talking about or you know, yeah. where's it's heading. So uh, I have hope. I have well, I appreciate you sharing your story. And uh, I'm proud that I could give you a chance to talk about your dad. And man, what a killer he was. Oh, yeah. He five was. Emmys and a network television gig for all that time and, and raising a family and still being able to uh, keep a shack together and, and hold the family down. Yeah. Yeah. We, you and I hooked up back in 2016 at Ham Nation. Yeah. At a Hamvention in Dayton. That's we sat up we, in that old hockey arena. Yes, I remember we it well. I did. It was really nice. So thanks for having me. Yeah, I anytime. Appreciate it. And uh, I'll be calling in the mornings for you. Uh, I'm set up now. Everything seems to be working. So awesome. All right. Perfect. You take care of yourself. 73, brother. Take care. 73 to you too. Bye bye. LDG Electronics provides state of the art antenna tuners for every amateur need from QRP to QRO, fixed station, portable, and remote. Matching your radio to your antenna using our lightning fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. Our focus is on anticipating and meeting our customers' needs and providing them with world-class support as they install and use our products. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable when you sell it, with no paperwork required. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. And welcome back. If you're new to the show or the channel, uh, give us a thumbs up. It helps the algorithm. It teaches Google and YouTube that we're making ham radio content and that some people out here dig it. And Steve, I mean, isn't it great? It's, it was great to hear Steven's voice. It had been a while. We've kept contact in, in the digital realm. But yeah, I got to get him to do more stuff. It <clears throat> makes me want to like, <clears throat> yes, and uh, more of that. <laughs> I need that. I need oh, that in my life. Great man, story, right? What a great story. Oh, my gosh. Even the chat room was uh, digging it. And uh, thank you, Stephen, for sharing it. I uh, Unfortunately, I, uh, I was hoping he'd see it would see it in the in the chat room or you or the private chat was the uh question did he ever get a chance to work some of uh dad's old buddies that are still with us uh on the air and uh and that would be so cool because yeah. uh that would you know just when you're using you know like your dad's call or an uncle's call and uh if you get a chance to well i kind of remember you know mm -hmm. 
so-and-so back in the day. And uh, I was like, well, yeah, that was my dad. And, uh, and then, you know, hearing the stories of that from that perspective would be kind of all the luck, man, all the luck. I'm really happy that it was an inactive call and maybe he had to wait a little bit longer, but at least Mm -hmm. some guy didn't re up it and it's 10 years and you kind of have to Mm -hmm. let the dream go, you know, or you're going to wait around. And then his brother, and then dad had another yeah. call. Right. And so hopefully his brother can get the other call. And uh, that that's great. You know, keep it going. I, and I love seeing, you know, stories like that and hearing about uh, uh, people, uh, you know, keeping their family, uh, you know, their their parents call or grandparents call uh, going. And uh, it's just great. It, it just, is the spirit of radio. New mm-hmm. segment here. If you've got a story like that, it's really just, you know. It's not just call sign base, but if you've got a great story to share, that's something good, positive, uplifting for the hobby. Uh, mm-hmm. That's kind of where we put that down. So people have been trickling in saying, oh, that that happened to me. I've got a similar story. We want to hear them all. I'm a story guy. So yes. uh, bring it on. Please. Stories. Let's share it and uh, continue it on. Did you tell the people? Put their call signs in there because this is how you win. You mentioned it and they were throwing their calls in. All right. And it's a random drawing. Each week this month, the month of February, we're giving away $100 to Main Trading Company. And all you need to do is, well, you have to be here. You have to be here for the show. Put your name in the chat. And then um, they get pulled out. Tomorrow morning, I'll sit with my girls. We'll take the calls. You're signed a number. Everything goes in the pot. The number and the names match up. Bada boom. You Bada become bing. like our guy, Brian. Brian. Woo. Oh, I spelled his name wrong there, but Brian. <laughs> Brian. we got to fix it in post. <laughs> yeah, we'll fix it later. <laughs> nah. nah. Uh, Katie, let's see. Uh, KD9LVY. That's meant to be Brian. $100. Now, there is a little caveat. There's no con- uh, there's no stipulations at all. You won the money. Do it. You need it. You take it and use it the best way you need to make yourself uh, in a better situation. If you do have a great situation, and uh, I consider myself, and I will speak for Steve here, but give him equal time to speak. I, I feel like we are in good shape in terms of things that we have. If I won this money... I would try to move it to somebody I knew who exactly. needed needed a little help. If you can do that, that really is a spirit. But hey, maybe you need it to get a little closer to where you need to be. Um, and uh, so, congratulations to Brian. Take that hundred bucks and look around. Look on the. You guys should look on the website um, for uh, Main Trading Company. I mean, they've got all kinds of stuff. All kind, and you're helping. Like Steve always says, you're helping. The ham radio community, the suppliers, exactly. the ma and pa companies really stay afloat. Sorry I butchered your name there, but two Ys in your name might not be a bad thing. Maybe try it yourself. B-Y-Y-A-N. Please put your uh, your uh, names and your calls in there. A lot of comments, man. The show gets so packed up. I don't mm-hmm. get to see it. I don't get to see him, but I want to say hello to everybody. And thank you if you don't mind. Give us a thumbs up. Teach that algorithm that uh, your friends in here are, are trying to make some content that other hams may enjoy. It's not about an ego thing. Like, a boy, buddy, you did a really good job. <laughs> not about that. We've got to teach this algorithm that we're here because we're still pretty small. All right. Are you ready to do this? Are you ready yeah, to do this? Yeah, well, oh. just before we get started, Edwin, 
Here we go, buddy. What do you got? Here go. That's Mel's Mel's magic IPA. So, oh, I got one, one more piece of business for to do, Edwin. So, but I'll do that here in a second. All right, good deal. But, all right, let's go on with the questions. All right, we're going to do the questions. I got to take a break. Our friends at BioNO are like, "What about us? What oh, about us?" And I forgot. I forgot. Stand, stand by. <laughs> and we're brought to you by. And BioNO Power, offering the best performance lithium iron phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit BioNOPower.com. That's B I O E N N O P O W E R.com. Or contact dealers nationwide. All right, friends, this is the portion of our program where we take some of your questions and many of the questions have come in to us. I'm going to drop a form into the chat. Essentially use that form for questions because so many people get to talking. It's, it comes directly to me and then I can put them in the queue, um, you know, for us to, to try to tackle here. So this is the time where Steve and I will take your questions and we've got some humdingers. <laughs> we got some humdingers, and some of them are silly. Some of them are real and complicated. With the caveat here of if we cannot help you, we will go back and try to figure out um, the answer f- the best we can. Here's a question from Michael Steve. Michael asked, will transmitting melt the ice off my <laughs> antenna? Wouldn't that be great? But unfortunately, it won't. <laughs> it would be awesome. It would be great. And I think he, you know, he was a new guy and he's just kind of wondering. And somebody replied back, I wonder if putting your tongue on the frozen wire and transmitting, you know, you know, people get these goofy, wacky answers. Oh, yeah. Somebody must have been watching Christmas Story again. <laughs> if you think about that question, though, mm-hmm. and you've probably heard on the air, and this is where things get a little twisted sometimes. So I got a bird landed on there and I got an owl living in the tree where my antenna is. And it's like, Dump a thousand watts on there. That'll fix them. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it so won't. you hear stuff like that, but it, yeah. it won't. And so questions like this may come up just by hearing something that's sort of, you know, dump yeah. some power in there. That'll melt it off. You hear this. Well, stuff. in theory, we could do it, but the problem becomes is we can't run enough power legally to melt the ice off of our, our antennas. What would you have to be up around? Oh, Power I would think you'd probably a few thousand watts, if that. I mean, even feel the heat. even even the broadcast stations, you know, the the big blowtorches, uh, they still have icing problems on their antennas, and they're running, you know, fifty thousand watts and things like that. So they put contraptions in there, right, to kind of de-ice or whatever. I it's think in there, they like have a some, thing. I know for a while there was heaters and ray domes and things like that, and that uh, has been used over the years, but that ends up causing other issues. So that's a quick yeah, and easy I, one today, Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be nice. Uncle Steve said, no, sir. No, sir. All right. We've got another question. Let's take this one out of here. Gerald's got a question a little more uh, sophisticated here in, in way of uh, detail. So let's see. Gerald says, do you know any one or any where, where they rent an antenna analyzer I'm trying to figure out my exact SWR on each band. My manual tuner tunes it, but I want to switch to an auto tuner. And I uh, followed up with Gerald just to find out where he Mm -hmm. was. And he's in the state of Texas. 
Uh, so we can use that as a gauge in our answer. Oh, wow. So I don't know of anybody renting, you know, analyzers, uh, inexpensive. They're relatively inexpensive um, in the big scheme of things. Uh, you could probably, there's probably outfits that rent the, the more expensive analyzers, but the rental cost would probably be about the same as buying like an MFJ 259. Um, to really, if you really want to find out the the um, the SWR on, say, a particular antenna, you can do it the old school way. If you have a uh, a watt meter or an SWR bridge, and just take your uh, tuner out of you know tune or you know disable your tuner, and then just uh, reduce the power down to you know ten watts or something like that. If you have an SWR bridge, and then just uh, create your own graph, and you just start it. Uh, the one frequency within your privileges of your license and uh, go to the bottom end of the band and then uh, uh, get a reading there and then move up and then note that and then keep moving up the band until uh, uh, to the top of the end of the band and then uh, you will have a, a reading there. That's the old school, the old method. And uh, But um, there are there are VNAs, these little Chinese uh, vector network analyzers that are uh, pretty inexpensive. They're pretty tiny, but uh, that's another one. It's the fifty dollar range. It really gets uh, deep. But uh, you know, look around. Um, go look at uh, was it uh, the swap? Oh, was it QTH.com or something like that? Mm. They got a swap uh, you can use for look for used uh, analyzers that might be out there. If uh, if you want to get one, I I recommend getting getting one. The MFJ uh, analyzers are are pretty accurate. I mean, they're they they get you in the ballpark and a great mm -hmm. way to test antennas. But if if you really want to figure it out, do it like the old school way. Use your radio and uh, go from there. Set it on uh, CW and just crank the power down and uh, and then go from there. If you have a watt meter that reads forward and reverse, then you can do it that way and calculate it out but that's uh that's i would think would be the easiest without having to rent an analyzer yeah and i'd never heard of anything renting but i i do know the tradition of tool sharing and of mm -hmm. course investing in tools is always a good thing in in my opinion and having an analyzer in your toolkit is probably a great idea but i get it you know i'd rather own it than rent it but also you know if i asked where he was in texas because there's a, a lot of hams in texas you know, I would hope that a club would exist, that there would be somebody or, nearby mm -hmm. that would share right. that time-honored tradition of sharing tools, which is a ham radio thing, guys, by the way, is sharing your tools if you can. Mm -hmm. I get the renting thing, but I'd, I'd much rather, because you'd get those answers pretty fast. You know, you'd rent it, what, for four hours? It's not like a ditch witch, you know what I mean? I'd, so I've never uh, experienced a rental option we we have it in the commercial world but that's for yeah. high-end test equipment and stuff you can rent you know equipment but uh i haven't i haven't heard about it in the amateur ranks mm -hmm. here but somebody uh, give gerald a, a, a thing yeah, let it, him get his readings you know local club it, uh somebody there has to be a member in the club that will have one and that can share it and uh go from there so look into that okie dokie all right we've got a question from jeff I have a suspicion I know which Jeff this is. <laughs> Where to put the balance? 
Jeff says, are crimping loop sleeves a good way to create the loops at the end of antennas and are wire rope thimbles a good way to protect the antenna wire at the connection point? Crimping loop sleeves. So I wonder if he's talking about the end of your antenna where you'd maybe have your insulator creating the loop there, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe soldering. I've done that before where you strip off some of the wire and kind of make a loop at the end. But, uh, Maybe I'm uh, wrong about that. No, no, I, no I, I get you that. I'm just like, well, then you're pretty well stuck. It uh, once stuck. you make that cramp, you're done. You're, you're cut. And then, then you're if you want to make adjustments, you either got to cut it out or uh, or go from there. Um, if you're going to use something like that instead of a crimp, I would go with a split bolt, and it's basically a you know just a, kind of a U-shaped bolt and. Uh, and that way you can open it up and readjust it down the road. Um, if, unless you, you know, have no plans on changing the length, uh, then yeah, crimp it and uh, go from there. But it, uh, and then a good way to protect a thimble of antenna wire at the connection. Uh, yeah, I'm a little confused on this one. So on, on that point is you're talking about the end of the wire where you're, where your insulator is because that's where you want to have is, is the insulator and between the rope or the supporting rope or wire versus the antenna itself. So that one's uh that's a good one. I like that uh, question. We'll have to maybe a little more information, Jeff. Yeah. Come to the meet to and greet. Come to the meet yeah. and greet like you do yeah. before this show. And then let's talk let's it out. Talk it. Let's talk it out. Yes. Let's do one more here. And then we got a real quick one. Real quick one here from Jason, Kilo Echo Zero, Sierra, Charlie, Romeo. Why is it so damn cold? Oh, global warming. Don't <laughs> <laughs> you start, Steve? I'm just, just, just yeah, saying. it is. Uh, that's not an official. That's not an official. I'm not a, says, I, I, want to I don't play, play one on. I don't play one on TV. Right. <laughs> I want to uh, go play radio outside. He yeah. says it's actually warmer in the refrigerator than it is outside, but uh, there you go. Well, take your beer out there and, and yeah. chill it. <laughs> yeah. Sit in the refrigerator for a while. You'll cool off or warm up. Warm up in the fridge. All right, let's do one more. See if we can help. Here's Steven. Do I need to upgrade my wiring to run an amplifier? Any worries with the amperage? I'd like to run 300 watts or so. Thank you so much. Seven three. Um. Well, if you're if you're wiring your house is up to code, it shouldn't be a problem on a 120 volt circuit. And uh, but if you're running an amp, I always recommend you know 240 having to if you're going to run legal limit. In this case, you're going to run 300 watts. You should be fine. If you can, I would separate up the amplifier onto a different circuit versus the um, radio circuit, the one that you're using your radio on. So if there's another outlet that's on a different breaker, um, I would run the amplifier on that, just kind of split the load. That way you don't uh, overload the one circuit. So there you start chatting all along and then boom, there goes the circuit breaker because you've overloaded the, uh, the circuit that you're on. So if you can split the load, all the better. And, um, but for 300 watts, I don't, I, you could probably get away with it on one circuit, but I would split the circuit. I'd split the load, put the amp on one outlet uh, that's on a different breaker and the, keep your radio on another one. 
And there you have it. All right, friends. We've got some questions. I think that's a good one for now. I think that's good. I'm going to move over to the chat here in our last uh, five minutes or so and uh, see if anybody's over there doing anything. It's nice to see you. Thank you, uh, Steve, for giving us those answers. We've got a lot of interesting little ones coming in and some that are a little more sophisticated. You know, we're getting in the heavier conversation. But I do welcome, you know, people, if you're up that early, 9 o'clock on Saturday mornings before we do this show. This is our flagship show. It's been around since 2015. It's now just on video. This will land in the podcast version, so you mm -hmm. can take it with you. Um, but Saturday morning, we do a pre-show meet and greet where everything, we uh, bring people in and up as guests. They ask questions there. We can kind of open things up a little bit more. Some things in ham radio are not complicated, and then some things are really complicated, and you need to know a little more information. Mm -hmm. So that's always a good place to come get some Q&A as well. But there you go. Uh, what else do I need to talk to you about? We gave away the money. Y'all put your name in the chat. Yeah. Put your name and call sign in the chat if you, uh, for next week. And so it's good seeing that. We've got lots of call signs flying through the chat room. Yeah. If you're new, welcome. You could put new down in the chat. I'd like to meet you. I this show gets by so fast. We have so many moving parts mm -hmm. to it that I miss a lot of the chat and I'll be reading them tomorrow morning. I'll get halfway through a cup of coffee and see your comments about me being a dingbat or a <laughs> dip ass or a nitwit. I love those. Those are always so fun. That's Steve guy. He's always talking about beer. Oh, Steve and beer and <laughs> Betty White. And Betty White and Marianne. <laughs> Going through some of the, um, yes, and subscribe if you dig it. Uh, click the notification bell because we're doing, I think it's five streams a week. And mm -hmm. Wednesday, we're doing a net. It's just pretty casual. Don't even open up net logger. It goes directly in my log. I think Steve does a handwritten thing on Wednesdays. when I, I opened up net logger the other night, and, uh, but I didn't. Uh, I just used net logger as the, just the local. I just fired it up and then gotcha. just started logging it and uh, it uh, still functioned as normal, but didn't oh, create yeah. it. And then it worked out pretty good. I I thought about using my other logging program, but it was like uh, with NetLogger was faster to gotcha. just put the call sign in and hit enter instead of tab. Good deal. And then enter. Oh, right. Yeah. It's just a just using workflow. it. As a, yeah. It just use it as a simple logging program, which is great. Uh, Ian uh, kind of, Turn me on to that and oh, uh, okay. our uh, our net control from Atlanta. So Sunday night, uh, come and join us on uh, on our Sunday night net as we yeah. start around. Because uh, we're doing seven to eight. This week I've got mm -hmm. a heavy interview. It's going to take um, most of the time. I'm going to talk to Alex and he's got an amazing story. And I've heard him tell it a couple times uh, on some other outlets but i want to do a little deeper dive mm -hmm. because most of the time he's been doing it he's kind of presenting it you know and it's like so and then this happened and then this happened i'm like wait 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 so on sunday uh we'll do the sunday edition and talk to whiskey seven hotel united about his experience escaping from cuba oh i'd love to be in that in on that but 90 days I'll of freedom be on, i'll be on the uh, on the net so come and join me well, here's what I was thinking. Yes, yes. From seven, so I'm thinking seven to eight, we can do the net. 
And if there was a way that you guys could run on different frequencies, even different bands, I don't know what's good for you at that time, 40, then I can do a little play-by-play -play because you guys will be in different spots. You know, you'll be doing something and we can kind of bounce around a little bit. We didn't talk, I'll take talk a look, see what, uh, how 75 is looking. I think Ian's good for 40. And uh, What's 20 but, like for you at that time? Has oh, that kind of gone away? It's gone away. Oh, yeah, okay. we 20 won't uh, start coming around until uh, probably after we do our time change. And that's usually a good time to within a week or so of the uh, time change. So in another month or so, we'll we'll be in yeah. pretty good shape. And once 20 that's opens good. up, then we'll bring up 20 and uh, we can run 20 and 40. Yeah, 40 and like 75 meter, the foam portion. If you guys mm -hmm. were in two different spots, that'd be cool. I could do the play by play. I need to freshen up on that because... Uh, Next month, when we do the uh, last man standing, and I've got some other things cooked up with the play-by-play, -play, gives me a way to kind of move around. It's kind of fun uh, for the viewers, too. So we can go to Steve Shack. We can go with Ian. You'll see my radios and kind of bounce around and move that audio around. Mm -hmm. We do that on Sundays, a little bit on Wednesday if, if someone's there. But And then I think uh, coming up 8 o'clock Central, I think this is one of those ones where it's important. Like it's an important story that we get it out. I'm going to drill down deeper. I yeah. hope, I hope. Cause I mean, they came across on a raft, uh, two attempts, 90 days. I'm calling it 90 days to freedom. It took him 90 days. Wow. You know, and what you leave behind, what do you have to leave behind? Like your family mm -hmm. and you can't tell anyone. I mean, it's secret life and the secret uh, communications and, I mean, food and lack of water, you know, like it's a, it's a big deal. So I'm going to um, spend that time on Sunday evening on the show with that. So at some point when you break off, you just come in backstage and kind of watch the show and you sit with Alex and hear the story because it's funny, but it's also like heartbreaking and um, the struggle to kind of leave your homeland for mm -hmm. coming to America. I mean, it's a great story. So hopefully you, you guys will join us. And we'll Please have fun on the net, and then I'll bring you guys backstage. You can kind of sit sit back, whatever you want to do, Steve. Is, you know, you got the key to the, the building. He's got one of those things. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I'm in there. Man. My key card works. <laughs> My key card. He's got a key card to uh, to the show. But it, I, I encourage you guys to come and listen to Alex's story. It's uh, really interesting. Uh, so that's on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Sunday on night. Sunday night. Wednesday and Sunday, but this Sunday we'll, uh, we'll be on 40 Alex. meters. Steve may go to uh, 80. We'll see how that works out. We'll let you know where we land. Mm -hmm. I'll do the streaming, send you back and forth between the guys working that for that hour. 8 o'clock, we'll sit with Alex and get this uh, great story. And then we're back into the next week again with our Saturday shows and our, our offerings. So that kind of catches you up. I do have a page on our website that gives you the schedule. And that I think, uh, you know, if you don't want to look at that, click the notification bell. At least it goes in your pocket and you're like, oh, Christian and Steve. Nah. Nah. But at least you knew, you know, at least yep. you, at least you knew go. something oh. was happening. You could oh, go like you always do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how do I stop notifications <laughs> is like one of my. But I uh, appreciate you guys. Hope you enjoyed it today. My thanks to Scott who came by and Steven sharing the information on uh, his dad's call sign. If you have a story like that, maybe you got a call sign, you obtained it, or you 
you pick the vanity call sign out of respect for someone in your family or Elmer or just a feel good story about the spirit of radio, drop me a line because I'd like to uh, share it. I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the fighting, Steve. We're too old oh, to be yeah. fighting all the time, and everybody's got to be so mad at each other all the time. I'm tired of yeah. that. I think people really need something in their life that's good. That's like, hey, man, let's get back to our roots. Why we got exactly. into this. We love this because it's radio. And I think Steven said something about, he mentioned CB being, a you know, that might be a bad word. Nope, not for me. I don't think no. for Steve. So I mean, many great hams. Yeah. There are so many great hams that came through the ranks of CB or whatever. And it's, who cares? I mean, it's, there are some in our hobby here that have, that have issues with that, but you know what? They have issues with everything. So there's issues in ham radio. There's, there's go all the way up to broadcast radio, corporate radio, all the way through there's problems. Mm -hmm. And I could rant about all of them if I wanted to, but I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to be fighting all the time. This is my hobby. As Steve said, this is your hobby. Well, radio is my love. I want to share uh, good stories about it. So if you know things, know people, know stories, send them my way and we'll sit and talk to them and get or it. Or you out. have a story. If you got a story, share it. Let us let yes. us hear it. I want to hear your it. story. I want what is your story. Yeah, exactly. Hey, there we go. What is your story? I like that. Alex does actually watch this channel. He hates me, but wait till <laughs> Sunday. He'll really hate me. He'll be like, look, you need to mind your damn business. Click and hang up. I hope I hear a click. I'll just see the laptop shut. <laughs> no, but yeah, we're going to do it. All right, guys. Thank you all so much. Thank we appreciate you. you coming by. We're going to go have our lunch, eat, drink some more coffee, get on the air. Go get on the air. I was thinking to myself, it'd be fun to do an after show thing, but on the air. Like, let's go on the air instead of going to the, a different room or another digital realm or Discord or whatever you may go. No, let's go on the radio. Let's do ham radio. Let's do ham radio. And people really seem to enjoy seeing it happen and doing it there you go i've said too much i said too much thank you brother steve we will catch up again we'll see you tomorrow night for the uh the net and the big show you guys take care of yourselves and each other and by all means if you can please try and stay above the noise seven three y'all seven three everyone thanks for stopping by to join the 100 watts in a wire community visit 100 watts in a wire.com